Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Sun Sachs. So Sun is the founder and CEO of Rewire Fitness, which is a mental fitness platform helping athletes to reach their potential by avoiding burnout and providing the tools to improve their mindset, readiness and resilience. That makes him the perfect person today to discuss how you can improve your mental fitness and get the best out of your sporting performance. So, without further ado, it's time to welcome Sun onto the show. So, Sun, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. So awesome to be here. Uh, good to be chatting with you. Thank you very much for joining us. So, can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm Sun Sachs. I'm the CEO of Rewire Fitness, which is a mental fitness app for athletes. Um, we're the first to market with this type of solution. So we're uh, carving out a new category, uh, but as we'll talk about, it's a pretty self-evident sort of uh, deal. Um, I have a background in endurance sports. I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, worked my way up to an elite level in cycling. Um, like many athletes, I ended up uh, burning out from overtraining and injury, retired early, and went into software and product development. Um, but of course, kept very close to the science and all of the different performance techniques as they developed. And there was this particular branch of science that um, was clinically very impressive across a lot of different sports in terms of building mental resilience. And uh, unfortunately, it never came to market. It's very difficult sometimes to take something out of the lab and apply it in the real world. Uh, and one day I was on the bike trainer and I had this epiphany for how it could be done, uh, built a prototype uh, in a couple of weeks. We started uh, testing with athletes and working with scientists and uh, validating everything. And uh, that's kind of the origin story of how Rewire was born. Absolutely fantastic. So we're, we're here to discuss mental performance and mental health. So firstly, when we're talking about mental performance, what, what does that mean and why is that important? For sure. You know, when we speak to athletes and coaches at any level, we'll ask them what percentage of their performance uh, is mental from their own uh, perception. Uh, typically, we'll hear above 50% every time. In other words, it's incredibly important, whether it be sustained attention and focus or uh, resilience when you're under a lot of physical stress or demands. Um, all those things uh, impact uh, performance, physical performance in a meaningful way. You really can't separate the mind and the body. However, when we then ask a follow-up question, you know, based on how important you think it is, how much time do you dedicate to it in training or with your athletes, there's often a big fat zero or uh, not enough, or how would I even do that? So there's been this gap in sports science uh, and in, in, you know, really in this space around how do you apply something which feels a little bit nebulous in a way that you could, you could, you could do physical training you know, in a structured program, how do you do that? And that's really what we aim to solve. Excellent. So how does that then compare to mental health? Because obviously health and performance are in a physical sense, very different, but is that also the case then for the mental side of things? Yeah. So we we're really focused on uh, mental performance and wellness. Uh, we don't get into, um, you know, some of the, uh, the really deep psychological issues or challenges, um, we're really about um, thinking of it in the same way you think about physical training, where uh, on one end, you need to make sure you're adding enough uh, stimuli to uh, to build resilience, 
mentally and physically. And likewise, you also have to worry about your cognitive recovery. So this is something that people often overlook. You know, it's a blind spot. You wouldn't necessarily know how to measure it. Uh, but meanwhile, it's going to impact your day. It's going to impact your performance. If you go into a day after a lot of stress, whether it be a personal situation or just a lot of training, um, it's going to impact your ability to achieve your goals. And so uh, we're really just focused around the performance aspects of uh, the mental game, um, but not trying to diagnose uh, deep psychological issues. So in that sense, there's a, there's a kind of a health side of things, which is potentially dealt with by a psychologist, psychiatrist who really go into the depths of that. And there's a performance side of it, which is a little bit maybe more uh, surface level, but not necessarily less important for those who need that mental side to, to perform. Is that, is that kind of where we're, where we're looking? Exactly. That's right. Perfect. So when, when we're talking about that mental performance side of things as opposed to mental health, um, let's assume for a second that an athlete could improve in that area how do how do athletes go about then actually training that or starting to improve their mental performance yeah so the traditional way of thinking around uh grit or resilience is let me just push myself physically very hard uh, and as a result i'm going to become more mentally tough right and while that works it has diminishing returns over time so as you become more fit, you got to push yourself even harder and you're really looking for a side effect. Um, uh, we would consider this kind of a sledgehammer approach. <laughs> uh, what we uh, provide is a direct path. So um, what we want to do is target the specific part of the brain that's going to help you with that uh, willpower driven behavior, as well as uh, it's the part of the brain that monitors your perception of effort. So the combination of those two things is like a secret sauce because what it will do is uh, over time you're going to create an adaptation by doing these specific cognitive tasks and um, uh, that adaptation results in your ability to perform uh, at a higher level when you're under physical and cognitive demands like sport, but also in other areas as well. So it's basically the typical um, uh uh, training program is two to three times per week, 10 to 15 minutes each session. What you'll do is a specific cognitive task around uh, impulse control, control or response inhibition. Uh, and you'll answer about a thousand questions uh, and you'll do it before, uh, you know, let's say a, uh, a light training session or after a difficult training session. So you sort of top off your cognitive load without negatively impacting maybe a high-end level of performance physically. So what you're doing is just adding that stimuli before or after a workout, and then over time you get that adaptation. And can you take us through the, the physiology of that as well? Because you mentioned, obviously, it's going to target certain areas of the brain. So how does that then work as such? Yeah, so... Uh, as coaches um, and practitioners, um, many of us use RPE, um, your rate of perceived exertion. So this is something that subjectively we're pretty good at good at evaluating. So when we uh, we're talking to athletes, is it like a, like is it an eight out of ten or a five out of ten in terms of the level of effort, in terms of how you feel? The this is pretty accurate, and they've done studies where they compare it with wearables and look at sort of the the hard objective metrics and they're pretty similar except <clears throat> when you're under 
cognitive uh, strain. Uh, and uh, your the specific part of the brain is called the anterior cingular cortex. And what it does is it's um, it's using uh, uh, all of the, let's say, internal wearables, if you will, to assess the level of effort that you're uh, putting out. And the, that information becomes skewed when you're under cognitive fatigue. So in other words, like a great way to um, explain it in a way that's very relatable. Let's just say you, um, you have a hard day at work. You're working all day long, a lot of stress. Imagine going to a gym or going for a run at the end of that long day. One, it's going to be very difficult to motivate. But two, if you actually get out there and do it, it's going to feel harder. And that's not necessarily because uh, you've had gone under some kind of physical demands. It's more often related to the fact that you've actually um, you're under cognitive fatigue and you're misperceiving the effort. So what they did in the lab is they basically subject uh, the athletes to 60 to 90 minutes of cognitive tasks. They'd have them then go on a. Um, uh, a, a bike or a treadmill and they do a fixed effort until they literally couldn't go any longer. And the athlete is like, I give up. I can't pedal another pedal stroke. I can't run another foot. And then they attach the electromagnetic device and they prove that they had another 15, 20% left. Right. Um, so relationship of how your brain is regulating your perception of effort that can basically be a limiter even though physically you still have the capacity. So what we want to do is bring up that level of resilience so that it's not a blocker or a limiter to performance. And um, in terms of then how that's done in like, like training, does that then transfer that you potentially uh, you do some kind of challenging activity and you subject yourself to something difficult? Does it, does it then transfer to a sporting scenario, which is obviously contextually very different? Yeah, it's a great question. So unlike you know, you may see other brain training solutions out there uh, where you're trying to transfer a skill. Uh, that's a much harder, more challenging situation because it's out of context. So if you're trying to, um, you know, um, use your hands to um, improve your reaction time on some buttons, but then you want to transfer that to out in the field, um, it's very different uh, movement, very different behavior. Uh, harder to prove. In our situation, what we're trying to do is just add uh, a greater level of cognitive resilience, which is generically applicable to any effort you're putting out. So it's not skill-based. It's literally just uh, a greater amount of uh, resilience that can be applied to sport. Uh, it could be applied uh, to work, um, military applications. We have doctors using it. There's a lot of different ways that it can be used um, because it's not a skill-based transfer effect. And how do we then link that into things like overtraining and burnout? Because you mentioned overtraining earlier, and yeah, obviously that has a, a large cognitive aspect to it. So how do those things relate together with with a viewpoint of obviously it would be great if we could kind of train like this and, and reduce the incidence of, of burnout or overtraining? That's a really good question. You know, the we've certainly... Um, during the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, we had a lot of athletes speaking out around overtraining and burnout. But even before then, uh, it's really uh, 
one of the biggest issues in sport that hasn't really been dealt with very well. Uh, when it's diagnosed, it's too late. And typically then you have to walk away from your sport either permanently or for a long period of time to really reset your mind and body. So um, it's, it's not, uh, it's reactive, not preventative. Uh, what our system does is with that morning readiness assessment, it takes 90 seconds. We are assessing the person's cognitive, emotional, physical state and tracking that over time compared to their baseline. Um, we're only recommending neuro training or resilience training on days when we uh, detect that they're mentally sharp and can handle that load. What we don't want to do is just pile on another stimuli on top of maybe what's already a pretty challenging lifestyle. So it's um, uh, that's one aspect. And the other part is um, really managing the cognitive fatigue that's building up over time. So it, you know, we worry about ice baths, compression boots, all kinds of great recovery tools for our body. But meanwhile, what are we doing for our mind? Sitting on your phone, uh, you know, going through social media is not recovery. Uh, watching TV for three or four hours on Netflix is not recovery. What you need to do is something that's going to actually positively impact um, uh, your brain in a way that lets you kind of deload all of that stress. So um, that's the other part of our solution, which is intervention-based using different protocols. And what kind of recovery methods then are the things which people should be doing for their brain? What what do they need to do? Which like, watching Netflix sounds relaxing, right? So what are the what are the options which are good for the brain? Yeah. So um, what what our system does is it basically. Based on your areas of need, so let's say you had a bad night's sleep. As a result, you have a higher amount of cognitive fatigue because that's a uh, one area where you're going to recover. Sleep, number one, if you can get a good night's sleep, especially deep sleep, you're going to get you know into a rest and recovered state cognitively as well as physically. Um, but beyond that, the system, you know, let's say you did have a bad night's sleep, you can't do anything about it. Is what it is. Um, as a result. You also have a little more emotionality because you're lacking the cognitive control because you're fatigued. What the system will do is combine what we call a recipe, a series of interventions uh, to really help you make the best of your day. And that will combine both physical and neuroscience modalities. So, for example, you do some breath work. Uh, let's say it's going to uh, we can do every kind of breath work to ramp up for performance or wind down. Uh, so let's just say. We're going to do a four, seven, eight or a box breathing style to get you into a homeostasis, a rest and recovery state. Uh, then we bring in through the earbuds, a neuroscience technique called binaural beats, which basically gets your brain into a brain entrainment state where you uh, will mimic either a like a calm, restful state or a focus state. So we're going to work on your uh, your cognitive state, your physical state. And then um, your positive mindset will also help with cognitive recovery. So uh, we'll bring in things like self-talk, um, visualization, and even uh, subliminally prime you while you're looking at the screen, which uh, the studies have shown will actually improve, uh, reduce your level of cognitive fatigue. So all of those techniques in concert sort of amplify the effects and can really help. And so just spend a couple minutes doing it. Give yourself that break every day makes a world of difference. So when we try and bring all this together, right, obviously this needs to be practical for an athlete. What, what can athletes do uh, in the broader sense to make sure that they are looking after their mental performance? What, what are the, the key things 
when you're looking at an athlete who's saying, let's say they got um, sleep, they train, they go to school, whatever, they train again, and then they've got their homework and they've got to go to sleep again. Like, how, how does the person with a busy schedule like that fit all of this in? Yeah. Uh, so being time crunched, especially if you're a student athlete, is uh, classic. And it's it's they're probably under uh, the most stress, even more than a professional, arguably, because they have so many kind of responsibilities. So what we recommend is, you know, um, doing that morning check in. So you're aware of your situation. Um, then you do uh, a session post workout. Because oftentimes what happens is in training, you ramp, you have to ramp up physically and mentally. You want to have something that'll bring you back down um, as soon as possible, so you can get into a you know stimulate that rest and recovery or parasympathetic state. Um, and then lastly, for sleep, you know if you have a very long pack schedule, you want to do a, a some kind of wind down routine. Uh, our system will help you do that, but um, you know best practices around. Um, turning off the screens an hour before bed or at least a half hour before bed, having the right lighting, um, you know, not eating right before bed, keeping a regular sleep pattern. Uh, in other words, going to, to bed within the, around the same window and waking up around the same window. All those things are going to make a big difference. Um, so it's not a lot of time. Like in our app, it's typically five to ten minutes a day. But um, put in those different milestones to help you. Uh, sort of bring back down that that uh, cognitive and physical load as opposed to letting it just build up throughout the day. So by the time you get to the end of the day, you have so much cortisol in your system, so much stress, your mind is 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 uh, spiraling, like good luck getting a good night's sleep, which is really fundamentally one of the best things you can do. Absolutely excellent. So some massive thanks for your time and effort today. Where can people find more about you and about Rewire? Yeah, uh, my pleasure. So they can go to rewirefitness.app. Um, then uh, from there, we have a, a section of the website dedicated to uh, coaches and also to individual athletes. We have a lot of content and resources up there so you can learn more about the science. Uh, and we have a free program you can try out. Uh, and then if there's interest, they can reach out uh, to us via the website. We're also on all social media as well. So. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much for your time and effort and I look forward to uh, speaking again soon. Likewise, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it once again. A massive thanks to Sun for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of the Science of Sport Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is an overgrowing library of sports science courses which are broken down into bite-sized chunks. And that means you can fit them in and around your busy coaching schedule. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast and you want to get some more great information on sports psychology, you can get yourself into the Science of Sport Coach Academy in just a few seconds time using the link in the show notes. And you can do that completely for free for the next seven days. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, it'd be fantastic if you could recommend us to a coach, a colleague, an athlete, or a friend. That means that we can keep bringing the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.